0: take your bibles and turn to chapter uh, luke chapter 19 luke chapter 19 some of you'll recognize right off in fact as soon as i said luke 19 you said yeah i know this is jesus coming in jerusalem yeah it's appropriate because guess what it's palm sunday and it's cool that it just kind of had to work isn't it cool how god does that Starting to verse 29 in Luke 19, it said, And he came to pass when they drew near Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain of Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, and as you enter, you'll find a colt tied in which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why you're loosing it, then you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it. Just as he said to them, But as they were loosing the colt, the owner said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and threw on their own clothes on the colt. And they set Jesus on him. And as they went, many spread their clothes on the road. And as he was now drawing near the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the very stones, we'd immediately cry out. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you especially in this day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you do not know the time of your visitation. Palm Sundays is celebrated in churches all over the world. A celebration Because it's that that fulfills the prophecy in Zechariah. And I love this prophecy. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the foal of a donkey. The streets were filled with people coming into Jerusalem. I love the way Luke describes it because he describes it, that it became and started in Bethphage. Bethany. And as he descended the Mount of Olives, just coming up to the hill, into the great gate, people began to shout. And why did they shout? I love what it says. It, they shouted because of the mighty works that they had seen. The title of this message is, What Crowd Are You With? Because there were three crowds that day. There was a crowd of disciples that saw what Jesus did. And man, they began to shout and they were excited. And they said, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew's account tells us that the result of Jesus entering Jerusalem stirred the entire city. I looked at... The Greek. And in the Greek, the word that says stirred is literally translated shaken. And Matthew 21 10 says, And when they had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And it's important to understand what happened. You see, the commotion was not a commotion that was a mob mentality. It wasn't a, a mob situation. That happened a week later. But what happened literally is this. The city was shaken. And it wasn't shaken because of disciples shouting. It was shaken because as they were declaring the praise of God, the atmosphere around Jerusalem changed. Are you getting that? That's exactly what the Greek talks about. There's a shaking, a stirring. Because as they were declaring the praises of Jesus, as they were declaring who he was, Matthew and John include the name Hosanna, which means come and save now. It's a little translation of that. And as that was being declared, what happened is the atmosphere around Jerusalem changed so that people had to stop and say, who is that? That is what is needed in America again, amen? The atmosphere needs to change. But my my friend, it begins when the people of God understand praise. It begins when we understand what it means to be people of his presence. It begins when we realize and say, I choose to be part of the first crowd. You see, the first crowd was those that understood and had seen what God did, and they believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And they got excited, and man, they shouted, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. They truly believed that He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. Then there was the second crowd, The second crowd was those who got caught up. You know the kind. In fact, there was a lot of them you probably saw on TV. Those were the kids who were saying, I'm not sure why I'm getting out of school. And you know what? There's a lot of people in a lot of churches that are kind of caught up. They're just kind of going along for the ride. They're there because, you know, it's fun. You know, I want to be there. You know, it makes me feel good. I remember a lady that, uh, that came in to the church and it was during the week and she just walked in and, she, and I stood there and, went, Whew. and I said, can I help you? And she goes, you know, I just felt just like I needed to come in and, and as soon as I walked in, I just, I just felt peace. And I said, you felt the presence of God. And you say, can that happen? Yes. There's a manifest residual presence of God that we are called to establish in our home. There's a song that is called Prepare the Way. And I love that song because it really is that that talks about, describes really what John the Baptist was. In fact, the prophet spoke of John the Baptist as being sent to prepare the way for the coming of Christ. In Isaiah 40, it says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, saying, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And the song, Prepare the Way, says, prepare the way. Ready your heart, ready your home, and ready the people of God. Prepare the way. He's a redeemer. He's a restorer. He's our healer. Prepare the way of the Lord. And I love the words to that because we need to have God's presence Manifest presence in our homes. Amen? You see what happens when you are people of God's presence? Wherever you go, God's presence is there. Why? You are his ambassador. You represent Jesus Christ. Not just in name only, but the presence of God is in you there's a powerful testimony that uh, our speaker told us. And really, it was kind of the background of how he came to Christ. And he, he said it started with, and it was a challenge really uh, to the last part of the call that, you know, the call calls us to, to take a stand even when things are against us. And it was a powerful testimony that uh, just, man, it just it just stuck with me. And it was about a pastor that God began doing things in the church. And there's, in that city, there's a house of ill repute. Okay, it was a place that uh, men like to go and there were prostitutes there and they would uh, strip. And uh, they just began praying. And uh, there was a guy there in the church. They just began praying and believing that God was going to just do a work. And um, one of these young ladies came they invited her and he you know he met her and invited her and uh, she said well I'll go to church as long as you come to the strip club he goes nope not gonna happen <laughs> she goes they kind of laughed and said okay and she came and she gave her heart to the Lord and they just began praying for her and she got so excited, she called the pastor and says you know I gave my heart to Jesus Sunday and I've been going through the word of God you know what in first Corinthians says that that I am the temple my body's the a temple of God and he said yeah it is She goes, well, then I can't strip anymore. What am I going to do? He said, don't strip. She began inviting all her friends to the church, and they began getting saved one by one. Finally, she invited the boss. He came and got saved. And he goes, I need to close this place down. Wow. But he said, I don't want to put it up for sale because somebody else is going to come behind me and probably make it a strip club. And so they talked to a guy in their church that, you know, had some money and he said, "You know what? I'll buy it." And they bought it. And you know what happened? The media came against that pastor and he was plastered all over the media and they said, "This pastor has closed down a place that men can go and relax." <laughs> That's what they published. And the media gave him such a hard time, they tried to drive him out of that community. And the challenge is, you know what, sometimes you do the right thing and wrong things happen. Because the world comes against you. They find a way to turn it negative. Our world's doing that, isn't it? Why do they do that? You know why? Because it tells us Jesus came as a light in a dark world. And because they love darkness more than light, they refuse Jesus. Isaiah prophesied of what would happen when Jesus came. What would come with Christ? And Isaiah 61 verse 3 says that he came to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Friends, that is coming with Christ. It is here. But it is our decision to receive that. It's our choice. Are we going to receive that? Are we going to receive beauty for ashes? Are we going to receive the oil of joy for mourning? Are we going to put on the garment of praise to so this pretty heaviness that we might be called trees of righteousness? It's up to us. You see that what happened that day was very powerful because it set a stage for all of Jerusalem to stop and say, Who is this? The Pharisees were pretty upset. They were angry and they commanded Jesus to tell his disciples to be quiet. Jesus replied with a reference to a quote from Prophet Habakkuk. And Habakkuk, too, it says, The stone will cry out from the wall. The rest of that says, And the timber will answer it. What that's talking about, and it's the very thing that Jesus talked about, It's that that Romans says, creation that has been subjected to futility because of man's choice cries and groans for its day of redemption. I believe that's exactly what that's talking about. You know what? Creation is groaning and crying out to be redeemed. But it's not going to be redeemed apart from us. Matthew's account to the reply of the Pharisees scoffing in this confrontation makes a reference to a quote from Psalms 8.2. In Matthew 21, 16, we see it. Jesus says, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you've perfected praise. That's powerful. Because Jesus said this because their praise was simply a response to what they had seen and heard. We see that in Luke. They're responding to the works of God that they saw. Their response was genuine and from the heart. This genuine worship from the people is what Jesus described that the Father's looking for in John chapter 4. He said that the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You see, the reasons the Pharisees were so upset and they were so opposed to this praise was because praise to them needed to be in a fashion that they had decided. In other words, it started with the blowing of the shofar. You didn't start until you heard that. And because they didn't blow the show far, they said they gotta stop it because we didn't start it. <laughs> and then they got upset. The second reason was because the palm branches were used exclusively for the celebration of the Feast of the Tabernacles. And what they were saying was, This isn't the time. Put those down, put them back on the tree. I don't know if they said that. But you begin to realize that you know it didn't fit into what they viewed as worship. And Jesus said, No, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks are gonna cry out immediately. <laughs> Haven't you heard out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you've perfected praise? He's talking about us, my friend, we need to understand. We've made worship to be a genre, a style. We made it to be something that tickles our emotions. My friend, praise needs to come from the heart. It needs to be that that we're declaring to God. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. You are the almighty, the everlasting. You are my God. We need to get a hold of that, church. Worship needs to become genuine. It needs to become that that just bubbles forward. It needs to be that that even before the first chord is struck, we're excited and say, I can't wait to praise God. God forbid that we have allowed it to become just a time in our service. Jesus, in Luke 13, cries out, and it's the second time he weeps. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children as a hen gathers her brood under her wing, but you are not willing. Your house has left you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes. And you say, blessed is he who comes, in the name of the Lord. Let's stand together. You see, we've got to decide what crowd are we with. Are we with the crowd that praise just came bubbling forth because they saw the power of God, they experienced that? Are we part of the crowd that just, you know, is just kind of there? Here's the tragic thing. Many of those that were part of that crowd that, said, blessed is he who comes, we're part of the same crowd the very next week that said, crucify him. It's because they didn't know why they were there. They got caught up in the moment. Or God forbid that we are part of the crowd, that we stand with the Pharisees and say, you know what, unless things happen the way I think they should, it's wrong. Can we? with genuine heart say, God, I worship you. And God, I want the atmosphere to change. I want it to change. And it begins because, God, I say, I give you praise. I worship you. And would you establish that place in your home and begin by crying out to God, begin by allowing the worship to become genuine just from your heart, just calling out to God. If you begin your day that way, you know it's going to happen? The presence of God is going to follow you and there's going to be the atmosphere changing in your workplace. That's what we need. God, may we choose to be part of the first crowd that we say we want to change the atmosphere around us. We want your presence, Father, to be so powerful in and through us that people that come in contact with us are changed, are changed. And they ask, who are you? What is in you that you have this joy? And God, may we be quick to give an answer to the hope that's within us and declare that it's Jesus. It's Jesus. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hallelujah. 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 May our choice be to be people of His presence. Hallelujah.